Hello, I'm Curtis Bowers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a nice Valentine's Day if you celebrate that. It's a very interesting week in that there's so many different things going on, a lot of news stories that I think are just being pushed out there simply to overwhelm you, to confuse you, to make you just give up on understanding what's going on. It really seems that way. I think a lot of them are just uh, fake news or exaggerated news just to, again, overwhelm where then you just give up altogether about wondering what's going on. Go back to your little life and let them control everything like they want to. I think that's a big part of it. Today, I'm going to just cover a few key news stories that you've probably heard about this week, but just some different angles of those that might be helpful. And then some of your questions and comments at the end. Um, some things that a lot of you are asking us the same questions. So that means it must be something we need to cover. Anyway, we appreciate you being there. Thank you so much to those of you that are subscribers for supporting what we do. We couldn't do it without you. And those that aren't, please consider going to agendaweekly.com and subscribe so you can get all the different materials we provide each week. Thanks so much. I want to start first with East Palestine, Ohio. I know you've heard endless news details about that, but as you're watching the explosion there, a lot of people haven't seen that because they've just been showing clip after clip after clip of so many different things. But um, it was a major catastrophe, and I know I know you know that, and I know lots of different people are covering that, which is great. But I think a key point that needs to be focused on. A key thing is just it exposes how corrupt the environmental movement really is. It has nothing to do with clean air, water, stewarding our resources, not nothing to do with that. Here's a real environmental catastrophe and no one is to be found <laughs> that, that is holding up their climate change signs and all that nonsense. They want us to focus on the climate, which is nonsense, and not real environmental problems like keeping the air, the water, and the ground clean. We're all for that. If there were energies being focused on that, we'd all be for it. But that's not what it's about. It's about destroying free enterprise. Um, but that's interesting. And then a few months back... When our government blew up the Nord Stream pipeline, which has come out as a fact now, it was obvious at the time. It's one of those things, you know what happened. You can't prove it, but you know it. And they're blaming it on Russia like, yeah, they're going to blow up their own pipeline that just hurts them and nobody else. No, that's not the way things work. But now it's come out (laughs) from a whistleblower. Yes, we did do that. That was an environmental catastrophe like none other. Um, all those gases released into the atmosphere from the Nord Stream. Um, Again, where were the environmentalists? Nowhere to be found. Because as you look at these things, you realize the mobs that are at different places protesting, they're just hired thugs. They're just like rent a riot. That's all they are. The George Soros's and people like that pay the idiots to be out there and to protest and to dump the paint on the paintings and all that foolishness um, and, and scream about the climate, which is nonsense. The, the climate, climate change, climate's always changing and always will be changing and always has changed. So it, it's complete nonsense. They take a piece of the graph that shows the last 2,000 years weather patterns. 
and they just take a little sliver of it <laughs> the last few years and try to make a trend look like it's going one way or the other, uh, which is total nonsense. If you look at the 2,000-year information we have on weather, you see, oh, it goes like this. <laughs> and that's what it's always done. And there's no more hurricanes today. There's actually fewer hurricanes today than there was just a few decades ago. So it's all lies. But these things show it. What's going on in Germany right now shows it. They are cutting down all the forest in Germany, the people, because they have to heat their homes to stay warm. Why? <laughs> because the natural gas, inexpensive, abundant natural gas has been cut off. So that's what happens. And that's a key point I want to just talk about in relation to uh, what's going on in Ohio and these other things is when you take away inexpensive, abundant energy, the environment worldwide is destroyed. Poverty is what is pollution. Um, if you've ever traveled anywhere in the world where there's real poor populations, there's just trash everywhere. You go to Mexico, we used to go there all the time, at least once a year for many years, and it's just trash everywhere. The sides of the road are just, it's like everyone, that's the trash can. They don't care about litter peeing along the road when you're worrying about what you're going to eat today. No, no one does. Wealthy people are the only people that care about the environment. So the solution to every environmental problem is to help um, the poor countries in the world develop and get electricity and get indoor plumbing and, and have freedom so they can start little businesses and things to create wealth. And the richer they become, the more they look around and go, I don't like all that trash on the ground. It looks bad. It makes my nice house not look very nice. So I'm going to pay someone to pick that up. That's, that's what happens. They don't want us to see that. Um, several years ago, when I was filming Agenda 2 Masters of Deceit, I went up to Vancouver, British Columbia, and I interviewed Dr. Patrick Moore. Now, he is the co-founder of Greenpeace, so he cares about the environment. He was the one out there stopping the Russian whaling ships back in the 60s and 70s from killing the whales because he said, these huge, beautiful creatures, you shouldn't be killing them for oil anymore. We have an abundant supply of petroleum why would you kill these beautiful creatures? And we all kind of laughed at that. But when I heard him talk about it, I go, that does make sense. Why would we be doing that? Well, we, we're not, there's no shortage of oil anymore. We have plenty of it. But he talked about he had to leave his own group, Greenpeace, back in the 1980s. And I asked him, why did you have to leave the group you started? And he said, because it was taken over by Marxists who had only one goal, and that was to destroy capitalism worldwide. That's back in the 1980s. That movement was completely captured to destroy capitalism, free enterprise worldwide, to create poverty. And the Marxists took it over because they want to implement a communist system. And you can't do that when people are prospering, when people are wealthy, when people have more than enough. It doesn't work. No one's going to buy into that. You have to create chaos, destruction, poverty. Uh, you have to create conflict between different groups of people. And then in the midst of those things, then the seeds of revolution can be planted. And then the communists are very successful at transforming and changing governments out in those circumstances. Here's another clip from this week that relates to that. This is Senator Kennedy um, from Louisiana 
but he's asking questions, specific questions about how much money are we going to have to spend to be carbon neutral by 2050. So that means you're not putting out any carbon dioxide, which would be devastating to the environment if you could ever reach that point. But watch this clip. Dr. Holtzikin, do you know how much it will cost to make the United States of America carbon neutral by 2050? Depends how you do it. If we do it all in the federal budget with directed things, it'll be Public super expensive. Public and private expensive. dollars. Sorry? Public and private dollars. It's, all, it's ultimately private dollars anyway. Yeah, I agree. So well, how much? You're going to look at $50 trillion. $50 trillion. Yeah. Okay, thank you. If we spend $50 trillion to make the United States of America carbon neutral by 2050, how much will that lower world temperatures? I can't ask that because we don't know what China and India and the rest of the globe has done. Okay. Have you had heard anybody from the Biden administration say how much it will lower world temperatures? No. Does anybody know how much it will lower world temperatures? No? No, no one can know um, for sure. Okay. Dr. Litterman. Yes. If we spend $50 trillion or however much it takes to make the United States carbon neutral by 2050, how much will it lower world temperatures? Senator, that depends on the rest of the world. We have to work with the rest of the world. We're in this together. Well, it's what one if, world. If, we can't what build if, a wall around the United what States if, and say... What if, what if we spend $50 trillion, Europe cooperates, most Western democracies cooperate, but India and China don't. How much will our $50 trillion lower world temperature? We're in this together, Senator. We how have to get will, the world to you, work together. How much? I, understand, I get that. Okay. How much will it lower world temperatures? If China and India do not help. Yes. I don't know. Isn't that amazing? How much lower are the temperatures going to be worldwide if we spend this $50 trillion to be carbon neutral? Well, well, it all kind of depends. I don't really know. Well, let me tell you, it'll make zero difference. It will make zero difference if China, India, and America go carbon neutral. It will make zero difference if every country in the world goes carbon neutral. But the reality is that's not happening anyway. China is building more coal-fired power plants in the next five years than we have total in the United States of America. Okay, so anything we cut, they're adding, but the adding isn't bad. We need more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere to help everything that is green thrive and grow. And so the whole, the whole premise is a lie, which we've talked about before. But do you understand what you could do with $50 trillion? You could build thousands of nuclear power plants all over the world and allow all those countries that need to, to rise up and be productive and take care of themselves, give them free energy. <laughs> Every single one of those countries put several nuclear power plants and allow it to be free energy. And you'll see if they have freedom, the productivity explode. Because then you can start businesses, you can do things, you have refrigeration so you can store your food so you don't have to spend today going out to find food. 
Do you understand there's a huge percentage of the world's population that still doesn't have indoor plumbing, still doesn't have electricity. So of course they're never coming out of poverty because each day they're not worried about starting a business or, or growing things or helping people out. They're worried about what am I going to eat? Because whatever they ate yesterday is over now and they don't have refrigeration to store up. So they've got to go find something to eat today. And their life is just that survival mode of existence. And it's a crime that the environmental movement is forcing them to stay in those kind of conditions under the guise of helping the environment. It's destroying the environment. And all that you need to see to see proof of that is visit those countries. There's hardly any trees standing. The trash is everywhere. They dump their waste in the streams and rivers. They're not worried about that. And, but we should. <laughs> Another key thing that went on this last week was the World Government Summit. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's really interesting to me how over the last 10 years, they transitioned from having all these secret meetings. And then when we pointed them out, like the Trilateral Commission or the Bilderberger Group or any of these things, when we pointed them out, they said, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. You know, leaders of the world aren't meeting in secret to discuss their plans. That would be a criminal offense, which it is. They're not doing that. The World Economic Forum is not doing any of that. But then because of independent media, they were exposed. And so many people went into those meetings and started covering where everyone could see they really are having these meetings. And they really are, you know, hundreds of government officials from different countries are getting together to meet, which is totally against the law um, for them to do that and conspire together about what they're going to do. And they realized, okay, we can't cover this anymore. So now we'll just bring it out in the open. And we're going to have a controlled reveal. We're just going to let them see a little bit of it so they know where we're going. But then we'll say, oh, it's not, there's no conspiracy in this. We're doing it in the open. That's what those things are about. But watch this clip here by Klaus Schwab, what he has to say about what their real ambitions are with what they're doing. Our life in 10 years from now will be completely different very much affected and who masters those technologies in some way will be the master of the world. They're trying to create a world that they can be the masters of by allowing everything to be so dependent on technology that if they have an advantage in that area, no one else will be able to compete with them or to stand against them. That's why the digital currency, so they can erase you if you say one word against them. That's why the, you know, the, hopefully the, the passports and the universal IDs and the things, so they can just remove from society anyone that doesn't go along to get along. That's why we need to say no to all that foolishness. But that was some of the comments. Some of the other comments here are really revealing on where they're coming from. They hate patriotism. They hate nationalism. And when I'm saying nationalism, that's what I'm talking about patriotism. I'm talking about someone that loves the country they live in. They're a nationalist. The, the media tries to twist that term into, oh, that means it's a white nationalist, which is like the Aryan nation or something, white supremacist. No, it's not that. It doesn't matter what your skin color. It's someone that loves and is thankful for the country they live in. They are a nationalist. And he is saying in this clip, watch this, that is the, the, what is responsible for all the problems in the world today. 
We see that misalignment playing out, and all of them are challenging globalization. They're all creating some of the crises that we see in our headlines around the world and in this region today. Is that those crises create the seeds of a new order. And that's all of this nationalism, all the protectionism we see around the world. My country's been doing it. Donald Trump said, America first. Now, that, that is not meant to appeal to people outside the U.S. It's globalization adrift. It's globalization constrained. But it's also globalization continuing. All they are about is globalization, which means the end of nationalism, the end of sovereign countries. And anyone that's standing in their way, that's a threat. And... I mean, it's it's weird that these things are available to the general public. I don't think most people watch these kind of meetings and listen to what they're saying. But I've learned over my life, you need to pay attention to what they're saying because they are satanically committed to their plans. So back in the 50s and 60s, when they said, we're going to get pornography just rampant in America when no pornography was allowed, we should have paid more attention going, okay, that's the, the area they're going to try to attack us. We need to stop this. But instead, most were asleep and thought, oh, it's no big deal anyway, is it? I don't have to look at it. Does it matter if someone else does? <laughs> and we didn't realize that you reap what you sow. And watch this last clip from the summit because it's them stating clearly that the only way to make these changes to a global world government, which is the name of their summit, World Government Summit, the only way to get there, you cannot do it through gradualism. They said you need a shock. You need something that shocks the world into submission to this plan for world government. How, how is this transition going to happen? I mean, I, I agree, totally agree that the world order, the way it is built today, doesn't make any sense. That is, is not in line with the economic powers like India, Brazil, or Germany. You know that they don't have a they don't have a, a massive role in the in the international order. But to me, the big question is: so how we are going to go through this transform? It has to be. It cannot be gradual. It has to be has to be driven by a part, for, by a certain shock that will happen. So now we will reconsider this entire. No, so if your question is that this period could be turbulent, could have violence, yes. could have conflicts, we are already living it. Yeah. I think the last, the last five or six years tell us that we are going through a rather turbulent phase. Mm -hmm. We have lost a large part of humankind to the pandemic because we were all selfish. We, did, we were not willing to share. We were not willing to cre use the global institutions to deliver uh, responses to different parts of the world. We have lost people. Now, how much more bloodshed do we need to understand that the, the transition is upon us? It has to be a shock, something that throws the world off balance, something that everyone is so fearful they'll do exactly what they're told. It's all COVID was. A bioweapon being released to create fear throughout the world so government could take totalitarian control even in countries that are supposed to be free. And they have seen that is the greatest single advance they've ever made in 100 years. And that's why when Bill Gates and all of them say another pandemic is coming soon, and this conference dealt with that, they said there'll be another pandemic soon. We just know it. Um, 
don't be surprised when it happens. There will be. They have learned how to do this, and they realized, again, it's the most successful thing they've ever done. I don't know if you also saw the CDC talking about uh, the rise of heart attacks in young people. I think it was ages about 20 to 45. They've gone up dramatically. And their explanation of, of why that has happened, it wasn't, well, maybe these vaccines aren't safe and effective. It was this. They said, it's because the young didn't get vaccinated soon enough. All the old people were taking priority, and so they weren't vaccinated soon enough, so it's caused more of them to have heart attacks. I'm telling you, they're doubling down with the lies. Everything they say is a lie, and they're just pushing it more and more. The more facts come out, the more they push the lie. And the ignorant that don't understand the times, that don't pay attention to those details, they're going to suffer tremendously. Dealing with that too, I don't know if you saw the little clip. Here it is of Hamlin, who was the, the NFL player that just dropped of a heart attack right in the middle of a game a month or so ago. But when he was being interviewed here, look how he is still protecting those people. Pfizer is one of the main funders of the NFL. I don't know if you know that or not. And so I'm sure he was told, you cannot say anything against that vax, but watch how long it takes him to say, I don't think I'm going to talk about that. You're 24, peak physical condition, could run circles around me right now. <laughs> <laughs> how did doctor describe what happened to you? Um... Um, that's how I want to stay away from. Obviously, it was a side effect from the vaccine. Uh, as a rare thing, no, it's happened to hundreds of thousands of people. So we know it's not like some obscure thing. A 24-year-old professional athlete doesn't have a heart attack like that. He's not overweight. He's in top shape. And, and, and obviously that's what it is, but they're not wanting people to know that because they know that will create vaccine hesitancy, which is growing dramatically every day that goes by, which is wonderful. When you look at the facts and you realize our kids have wonderful immune systems, they don't need to be vaccinated for anything. Um, they just need sunshine, good food, and they need to get a good night's sleep each night and have loving parents protecting them and, and, and raising them up. And God has created a system that is really, really good at fighting off uh, things that are dangerous to the body. And one last news story before we get into your questions, comments, uh, Ukraine. It is an endless slaughter of what's going on over there. It's so wrong. And they do not want a peaceful alternative to that. They don't want to negotiate the end of this war. They love the war. We've already committed $200 billion to Ukraine. When our country is suffering right now, our debt, one of our videos below um, this week, watch it. It's on our debt. Do you know just this year in 2023, the interest on our debt will be over $700 billion dollars this year not sometime in the future this year 700 billion dollars our government will spend just on interest 
We're not getting anything for it. That's how we've robbed the next several generations. With, with a debt load, uh, as much as we spend on national defense, we're just spending to service the debt. And it's growing every year because they keep spending more than they should. And we're spending $200 billion in Ukraine when we could have stopped that from ever happening by saying Ukraine will never be part of NATO. That's all that had to come out of the lips of Joe Biden, and that war would have never happened. We have to remember that. Um, it, it's so key. And, and the Ukrainians are just being slaughtered, and, and the Russian people are too, but I'm saying it's just a bloodbath. If they keep pushing it and they keep doing things like the Biden administration is doing, like an act of war against them by blowing up their pipeline and things, which is an international crime to do that. You're not allowed to do that to countries, and we wouldn't want them doing that to us. But if they keep doing that, there is a point. I'm just telling you, I know communists, and I know communism, and I've read all their books and things and studied what they do. Um, they will not lose power. So if Putin ever gets to the point where he feels like, you know, um, they're going to try to kill me like they said they are, and they're sabotaging us. He has nothing to lose. If he took Europe and eliminated it from off the face of the earth, it doesn't hurt him at all. None. He could eliminate all of the European countries in just a moment. His missiles to get to Europe would just take minutes. And he has plenty to do that. Totally neutralize all of Europe into just a wasteland. He has over 6,000 nuclear weapons that we know of. And... So there'd be plenty to take out America as well or any other enemy. And we have no missile defense. <laughs> we should have had that decades ago, but we never put it in because the liberals always said, oh, we don't need that. That's a waste of money. That's the main thing we should have been spending defense money on is a defense, <laughs> is a missile defense so we don't have to worry about Iran or, or the Soviet Union or Russia today or China. We'd realize they can shoot whatever they want. Nothing's hitting us. And then we wouldn't have had to waste so much money on the military if we would have had that. But anyway, just keep an eye on that because it's a very serious situation. It's totally unnecessary. And I just feel horrible for the Ukrainian people that are being egged on to keep fighting a no-win war as they're dying by the hundreds of thousands. And it's just, it's disgusting. I hate war. It is so evil. Um, and if you study the history of the last hundred years or so, every single war was just nonsense. It was governments trying to manipulate things, trying to gain more power and control. It wasn't the common man doing anything like that because he's the one that has to die. But now on to a few of your questions. Carol said, uh, we thoroughly enjoy and appreciate Agenda Weekly. We would like to find old episodes um, or send on current ones to others. If you don't know this, all of you should, but maybe somehow it slipped through the gaps. If you go to the dashboard of Agenda Weekly, there when you hit dashboard, it goes through all the episodes we've ever put out, almost 120 of them. They're all there. You can flip through them. And each week we include a link where you can share the video right there next to the news brief. Um, there's a link where you just take that link and you can share the video that we put on Rumble with whoever you want to. Um, and you can watch all the previous episodes there. 
and they're free to share, and we're happy for you to do that. Um, and then friends that really like them, encourage them to become a subscriber because that would help us. But but no, we put the, the content out there for free as well because we want to influence as many people as possible. Then Karen said, you mentioned they want to put mRNA technology in all vaccines. And she wanted more details on that. We have a video this week below in the video section by Dr. Michael Eden. And he talks in detail about how they're wanting to do that and who's wanting to do that and the way they're going to do that. So that has that content for you right there. It's an excellent video. Um, you ought to watch that. It has so much vital information on that entire issue. Now, over the last several weeks, we've probably gotten 10 emails from different uh, subscribers asking about, um, we're considering moving our money to a different place, hopefully a conservative institution. Um, what do you think we should do? And other people talking about, uh, yeah, we, we're at Wells Fargo right now, but no, that's not good. No, it's not good. All we talk about when we're talking about getting your money out of the big institution like Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and all those, they're so corrupt and they're so evil. You need to find just a local, small, independent bank in the town you live. And I think almost every town has them. I know our little town has several just independent banks. I'm proud to say the Wells Fargo in our town went out of business because people like to bank local with people they know where then the money stays in your community. So it's there for your neighbor to borrow, to build their house or to uh, you know, improve their business. So it's smart for a million different reasons. One, it defunds the big corrupt banks. Two, it, it allows your money to be in your town to help it prosper um, and, and make more money available to the people right where you are. So it's vital to do that. Just go in and talk to them. You'll find out real quickly if they're tied in with a bunch of, uh, of the big banks or whatever. But every town we've lived in, I found a little local bank. They maybe have two different offices and it's local. It's 100% local. And they only make loans to local people. And they only, everyone that works there is local. And the whole thing is just a local enterprise. And you'll see when you, go to one of those, they're just, I've found them to be just nice local people. You get to know them. I've walked in there cashing checks and stuff. They don't ask for ID. I'll just hand the lady a check, say, could you put this in my account? I don't even tell her my account number, but she knows me. And, oh, sure, Curtis, I'll do that and stuff. So it's it's so nice. I'll call them on the phone to send a wire. <laughs> and you're supposed to have wire agreements, wherever it's like, oh, is this courtesy? Oh, I, I recognize your voice. Sure, I'll send that for you today. <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot of advantages to it, but you need to do that. You've got to get your money out of these corrupt banks that are using the interest they make on your money to destroy our country and to globalize the world. And they are the ones, too, that will eventually, when they start doing the bail-ins instead of bail-outs, they're already starting to consider this in Europe, which means it'll be coming to America, but it's where they take the money out of your bank account. And we had a video a couple weeks ago that talked about that. Hopefully you watched it by Catherine Austin Fitz. But in the banking contract that you have, it says in there, they do not have to repay you your money if they lose it on a bad investment. It says that right in this. She had the, all the proof and documentation there on her website. But it's pretty powerful. A lot of us don't know. We just signed the agreement, but we don't read the 20 pages of fine print. 
But so in a worst case scenario, they're protecting themselves. If there's another Great Depression, you know, stock market collapse and they lose all their money because they're all they're doing with your money is investing in the stock market, trying to get rich quick. If they lose that, they do not have to pay you back. <laughs> OK, and that's another reason why you want to be in the small local banks. They're not doing that with the money. And then Janet said, in the part of the video speaking about alternative systems, preferably local ones, and we were talking about that where there's local control, she said, I heard Bitcoin was mentioned there as a possible alternative. This concerned me. For what I know and understand about it, if anyone can, is, is fake, non-existent money controlled by question mark. Well, I wasn't recommending people get into Bitcoin, but it, it's a real thing. I've had several friends that were discerning enough at the very beginning to understand people being able to put their money in something that is non-trackable by the government was very attractive to them. And I've got a few friends that made a tremendous amount of money uh, from that. They got back in when it was $100 a coin, and now it's $24,000 a coin or whatever. And, and so it's a real thing. I know it's a real thing because I know many people that have understood what it was early on and got involved with it. But I'm not recommending that as an alternative. But I, I know something like that or whatever will be available as those CBDCs come out where they try to get digital currency from the Federal Reserve, where they will track and control everything we do. I just know the the free enterprise spirit in man, especially Americans, will say, uh-uh, we're not doing that. And I just know there'll be some creative alternatives that come up and we need to be involved in those. We need to say no to their system, create an alternative economy and payment system, whether it's gold, silver, just commodities, things of value, or something like a Bitcoin that we know is independent, we know is not attached to federal government. But anyway, that was just me uh, talking about it could be something like that. Um, that is not traceable like it, uh, some of the other things are. This woman is really important by Angela. And she said this, I'm a Chinese American woman and I grew up in the city of Monterey Park when I was a little girl. I still live in the San Gabriel Valley till this very day. She was talking about the, the shooting there that went on. And she had some very interesting comments on that I think are important. She said, California also has among the strictest gun laws in the entire nation. The Asian gunman carried an illegally modified firearm. Clearly, the gun control laws of California have failed to protect the shooting victims. Absolutely, <laughs> I agree with you. But she goes on to talk about the hypocrisy of Gavin Newsom. He's created this California with all these gun laws, and that's where the shootings are. But she said this, and this is a key point. The media and the politicians are still trying to figure out their own explanation of why this tragedy happened. The answer is very simple, but they would never admit it. Evil men do evil things. And that is so important. That's what we believe as Christians. We believe what God said. Man is rotten to the core. What did, what did the liberals say? No man's good. Everyone's good. The only reason they do something bad is because their environment. Well, that's a total lie. Um, Lord of the Flies, I love that book because it shows these 12-year-old innocent kids, and we did a whole episode on that once, but it shows them on this deserted island, paradise, and by the end, they're killing each other off. 
That's how wicked and vile we are to the core. And so that's why liberals, we also had an episode on this, why liberals get it wrong every time, because their founding premise of the universe is man is naturally good, when the reality is man is evil. And so that's why they're always trying to fix things, and that's why their solutions will never work to anything, because they don't understand what Angela understood is man is evil. Wickedness is in his heart. If you don't constrain him, if you don't have laws that are upheld, if you don't teach him to fear God at a young age and keep his commandments because he's going to stand before God one day, uh, he's capable of anything and he will do it. And that's all we're seeing. And it shouldn't even be a big deal. And I don't mean that in a callous way as school shootings are they going to happen. Of course they're going to keep happening. And just go on about your life. When they're teaching the children in the schools, there is no right and wrong. There is no God. There is no hope. There is no morality. Uh, and by the way, your breathing is destroying the planet. Of course you're going to have school shootings. I'm shocked it doesn't happen every single day of the week. It's shocking it doesn't. And when it does, they're simply reaping what they have sown. You teach them they're animals, and they're going to act like animals. And when they come in and do those things, you deserve that because you taught them that that was fine. There was nothing wrong with that. That's You can't have the absence of morality, but then, well, just there's morality in this one area. No, there is either a God we're accountable to, and then morality matters, and the morality that matters is God's morality. He's the only one that has the authority to tell us, thou shall not kill, thou shall not lie, thou shall not commit adultery. He's the only one that has authority to define this is what is evil, and this is what is good. And when we say no to that, no, we're going to do it man's way, then what they do, there's nothing wrong with that. If he's going in the school to kill a bunch of squirrels, a bunch of animals, there's nothing wrong with that in that worldview. That's where it's so, they're, they're so hypocritical. They're so inconsistent, which they always are, because all of their underlying premises they believe, all the things that hold their worldview together are lies, total lies. And so you reap what you sow. And so the chaos in the world will not go away ever until we turn from raising the children to believe that nothing really matters and there is no heaven and hell, there is no judgment day to stand and give an account for your life, well, then you're going to keep getting it and that's the way it goes. Sherry asked about um, wondering if there's a homeschooling curriculum that's anti-communist in nature or whatever, and I'm not sure about that exactly, um, generations.org has a great curriculum, K through 12, that's available. But also, um, Agenda Weekly, we, I have so many homeschoolers that watch Agenda Weekly each week to understand the times. They read the news brief. They do the prayer and action items. It's a great resource. If they watch Agenda, Grinding America Down, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit, and then start watching and go back and watch all the previous episodes of Agenda Weekly, it is a great education for high schoolers that are homeschooling. I encourage you to recommend it to anybody you know that is conservative, Christian-minded. But our kids need to understand what's going on. They can't grow up in this fairy tale world where well, everything's just fine or where they're just disconnected from the reality of current events and from you reap what you sow. There's consequences for actions and understanding 
the story behind the story. That's what Agenda Weekly is all about. It's about revealing the agenda behind the news. Yeah, this is what they told us happened, but why did that happen? And what can we do to stand against it if it's something evil or whatever? But anyway, I encourage you to encourage them to watch Agenda Weekly because I think at a young age, if you start to see the big picture of the world like we try to present, your whole life is going to be completely different. You're never going to be pigeonholed into this little existence of meaninglessness like so many people today. Kathy from Alaska, she's also was talking about uh, banking, money, uh, another one of those, but also on prepping and, and, and finding you know things that are local and private and safe food systems. I encourage you, again, everything that is vital for you to exist, you try to get that right where you live in the little town you live or the little town next to you, a local farmer. We need to start pulling things in. So we don't get into Bill Gates' world of mRNA technology into the animals. We, we don't want that food. We don't want his genetically modified food or his lab-grown meat. We don't want any of that stuff. And so the only way to make sure you're not getting that stuff is you grow it yourself, you raise it yourself, or you find those in your local community that are at the farmer's market and things. And get to know them. Ask them, hey, uh, what do you fertilize your you know, garden with? And see if they're using pesticides or if they're using more natural things. And then you can be attached to it. Hey, can I come out and, and see how you raise your cattle? I'd like to buy one of your cows from you uh, for the meat or whatever. You come out and you get to know them. You get to see them. Joel Salatin is a great example in Virginia. He kind of started this entire movement toward local, natural, healthy food, how to produce it, and then where to find it. And um, But I encourage all of you to do that. Get your money local, get your food local, get everything working right where you are to improve your community. Be involved in your local church. Be involved in your local city council. Be involved in your local homeschool movement and whatever it might be. Be right there. And um, I just, the closer we are to what is important to us, the more we're going to be able to protect it, the more we're going to be able to support it, and the more we're going to be secure in, in having everything we need, even if they have some huge crisis coming forth in the near future. This one's kind of funny, but it's, it's very true. Andrew got on me a little bit. He said, stop calling children kids. And Andrew, I know that that's, I, I forget to not do that. Kids are baby goats. And I, I realize that not even baby goats, they're just little goats. Because um, another one of those things is babies. So many people call little animals babies. A baby is a little human being. <laughs> it's not a, like a dog has puppies, a cat has kittens, a cow has calves. They have a name for the little ones in the different animal kingdom classifications. But babies are human beings and nothing else. There's not baby animals. There's not baby uh, Anyway, that, that's another one of those, Andrew, that I, I, I try to be correct on sometimes. I probably mess it up, not intentionally. But it is a good point because it belittles mankind 
We are special in the eyes of God because we're made in his image. The animals were not made in his image. They're wonderful. He loves the animals, and we should love and take good care of them too. But they are not like we are. And so I I agree with you on that. We need to be careful not to confuse terminology. Just a couple more here, and I'll, I'll close. Nan said, is the Trilateral Commission the same group as Davos? And there was another group of people named the Bilderberger Group. She's asking about, are those all the same people? And it's a lot of the same people involved in all of those groups. A lot of those groups were more secretive up until the last 10 years or so, like I just talked about earlier. But now they they overlap. A lot of the same people are involved. The Rockefellers were involved in all of them, instrumental in setting all of those up and things like that. So yes, it's just different groups that get together at different times to secretly discuss and plan where they want to direct the world to go, what they're trying to accomplish in the world to benefit themselves. And that's what it is. They're rotten to the core, all of them. um, And they are all bosom buddies in, in wanting the same end. They want a one world government with totalitarian controls over you and over me. And they will not stop until they get that. Diana was concerned about using Google and Facebook and wanted to change her email address. We've covered those things in the past, but Brave Browser, that's the best one I've found so far as far as searching. So don't use Google ever. It's a wicked company. ProtonMail.com is where you can go get a free, secure email um, that's encrypted so people can't be hacked and, and read and things like that. Truth Social is, is another way to communicate with people. There's Getter and Gab and and many others, but those are some ones that will help you disconnect from the big, big tech and, and be involved in smaller companies that are doing things the right way. I hope that was helpful. I just wanted to cover some news things, some of your comments and questions. Uh, because we haven't done that too often recently. But our Bible verse for this week is the same one we had last week because it's two verses. Here it is again, Matthew 7, 24 and 25. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. That's, of course, Jesus talking, and it's so true. Make sure your life is founded upon a rock. Make sure the things you believe are things of truth, biblical truths that that time doesn't alter, nothing changes over time. Like we talked about earlier, liberals, all the foundation stones of their life are lies. So that's why every decision is a poor decision. Everything they try to do to make a difference only makes things worse. That's why. But we as Christians need to build our house upon a rock, build our families upon the rock, build our businesses upon the rock, build our country upon the rock. And when you do that, when the rains descend and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house, it fell not. And yours won't either. God is faithful. I appreciate you being there so much and I'm just glad to be able to talk with you once a week and I hope Agenda Weekly is a blessing to you. And until next week, God bless you.